How are you feeling? Good. And how are you feeling? I want to welcome everybody to another In My Feels episode. Today's episode is a, a new book, actually, that I'm reading by Osho, who's one of my favorite people. The book is called The Book of Children, Supporting the Freedom and Intelligence of a New Generation, Foundations of a New Humanity by Osho. Incredible author. I say author, but I don't actually believe he wrote any books. I think most of the stuff that is in the books are spoken word and taken in sessions and meditations and guidances and everything else. And I guess his his team would compile them into books and there's tons of them and they are incredible. And I wanted to read this book because um, obviously I have a little one and I kind of wanted to dive more in on the spiritual realms of raising a, a child in kind of today's climate, but maintaining that that accountability and that that power from within and that spirituality or practical spirituality but before we start you know thoughts feelings conditionings belief systems culture everything on the inside creates your outside exterior so my question for you is how are you feeling right now in this moment and dive in dive into how you're feeling ask yourself watch yourself watch your thoughts don't judge don't partake allow them to flow. And how am I feeling? I'm feeling uh, good. I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I'm, I'm doing this podcast and it's, uh, right now it's late. <laughs> so so I'm kind of, I'm relaxed. My little one's just gone to sleep. So I'm kind of going to fully dive in. Osho says, it is not a coincidence that all the religions of the world have the idea in parables that once man lived in paradise and somehow, for some reason, he has been expelled from that paradise. They are different stories, different parables, but signify one simple truth. These stories are just a poetic way to say that every man is born in paradise and then loses it. The search for paradise is the search for your childhood again. Of course, your body will no more be a child's, but your consciousness can be as pure as the consciousness of the child. This is the whole secret of the mystical path to make you a child again, innocent, unpolluted by any knowledge, not knowing anything, still aware of everything that surrounds you with a deep wonder and a sense of mystery that cannot be demystified. Insanely powerful. And I'm kind of trying to, uh, I'm in that space right now where I'm unconditioning myself to kind of try and get back to that place of innocence, that, that place of wonder, that place of deep understanding of, of the power that we have and allowing things to just be and i do i i you know I, I i learn from children when i when i when i my daughter's playing and she's in the park and i see other kids and everything else they are they have this sense of wonder sense of discovery everything is new to them everything is kind of it's like a it's a sense of mystery it is yeah and it is it's an essence of pure consciousness and i and i learn from from kids and, you know, remember Jesus said, follow the children and they shall lead because my daughter's teaching me things every day. Uh, you know, the other day I, she's only two and a half and she'd say things that I guess I would have, we would have taught her, but I was, you know, I, I guess sometimes I can have a loud voice, not like I'm shouting. And I said something to my daughter and she goes, and she said to me, dada, calm down, take a breath. And I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> I guess I do. And it's that sense of knowing and that sense of exploration and experimenting and 
completely living in the now, you know, when my daughter has a tantrum, she, she doesn't remember that tantrum tomorrow or five minutes after the tantrum. It's completely gone from her system. It's when we don't allow them to have a tantrum, you end up suppressing the emotion of the child when all they want to do is let it out. They want to let that energy that's built up inside them and they want to let it out. And we put a stop to that. No, don't cry. Why? Cry. You want to cry? It's okay. Let it out. And it's almost, it's always, it's, it's that time. It's like, cause I, I, I'm aware of my awareness. So I understand that I can't pinpoint when the kind of bliss part or the, you know, the inner peace part or any of that type of stuff, but it's almost, you remember a time where you didn't care how you looked or how you dressed or how you felt, or there wasn't, there wasn't that deep knowledge of experiencing life, which can be, you know, which can be detrimental because you constantly live in the past of things or in the fear of things. But, you know, when we were super young, we, we didn't have that essence of fear. And as you grow older, the ego grows with you. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't have the best trainers, you don't have the best clothes, you don't have the best girls, you don't, you don't, you don't look so great, all this type of stuff. And then it all, the, the kind of veil comes down. But we can get back to that, that place. I think meditation has a, has a big part to play in getting back to that space. And it's the same thing, you know, the ego creeps in, the, the insecurities creep in, the fear creeps in, the lack of things creep in of jobs, opportunities, all these type of things. But you didn't really have those, those, those thought processes when you were kind of young, young. You just, you just lived. And I think that's what, what kind of Osho is saying about we are in a constant search for our childhood, that innocence, unpolluted by any knowledge, not knowing anything, but still aware of everything that surrounds you. That is the beauty of life. And I live by that mantra. I don't know shit about anything, literally. Because there's beauty in that. There's not a fear element. I used to fear the unknown. Now I love it because I, I even though I'm speaking this thing, you know, anyone who, who, who says, oh, they're 100% factual when it comes to the kind of spiritualness. No, I mean, no one really knows. Not until you absolutely know. And I don't think we will know in physical form. We'll know in non-physical form. Absolutely, we will. And Osho further says, you know, and this could go for anyone. It's not just about being a parent. It could be, you could be, have cousins and nephews and nieces. You can be friends, kids or, or whatever. You know, Osha says, nobody allows their children to dance and to sing and to shout and to jump. For trivial reasons, perhaps something may get broken. Perhaps they may get their clothes wet in the rain if they run out. For these small things, a great spiritual quality playfulness is completely destroyed. And I completely resonate with that. Because even when my daughter's running and jumping around, oh, you might hurt yourself. And I've put a, a fear element into her existence, but she doesn't have that fear. Or, you know, she's, she's dancing, she's singing, she's, she's screaming loud, all this type of stuff. But you're like, oh, you know, I say indoor voice. I'm slowly, slowly becoming aware of the things that I'm doing. We essentially become our parents in that frame of mind. But I think we need to step out of that. We have to just allow kids to be kids. Within, obviously, reason and parameters and security and safety parameters and all that type of stuff, of course. But I'm saying let them explore who they are, who they want to be. Let's not try and mold them to the old way of doing things because we see where that kind of has taken us. So I think we should, we should try something new. Osho says, you know, the obedient child is praised by his parents, by his teachers, by everybody, and the playful child is condemned. His playfulness may be absolutely harmless, but he is condemned because there is potentially a danger of rebellion. 
If the child goes on growing with the full freedom to be playful, he will turn out to be a rebel. He will not be easily enslaved. He will not be easily put into armies to destroy people or to be destroyed himself. And I agree with that. I, I, I genuinely do. When you are operating from a place of freedom, from a place of peace, from a place of love. And yeah, I mean, you can be rebellious and still have these absolute factors, but you have an inner sense of peace. So there is no, there is no wanting to do harm to anybody else because you feel good within yourself. The rebellious child will turn out to be a rebellious youth. Then you cannot force marriage on him or her. Then you cannot force him in, into a particular job. Then the child cannot be forced to fulfill the unfulfilled desires and longings of the parents. The rebellious youth will go his own way. He will live his life according to his own innermost desires, not according to someone else's ideals. What a great statement. Basically, what Osho is saying is that you allow the child to be, you will raise a child to not conform to conditionings of how we think life should be. Instead, we can make up our own minds of how we want our lives to be. Because you see the same patterns, you know. I struggled with this when I was younger of not knowing what I wanted to do for a very long time, very long time. And it would stress me out because every, I felt like everybody else had it figured out. You know, I didn't really like school. You know, I liked making money at the time. So school was very secondary to me, but I still wanted to fit in, but I didn't feel like I was intelligent enough to pass exams or I didn't really study it. That wasn't, wasn't what, what I wanted to do. And it, and, and it created an unease in me and unhappiness in me. I'm not going to fit in. It's this kind of conditioning knowledge of, you know, you go to school, you go to college, you go to university, you come out, you get a job, you do this, you do that. You, and then it becomes like everybody else. And you, you kind of conform to that. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or anything else, as long as you're, ha you're, you're happy doing it, happy from within. Because I have, I've had family members who have gone to school and studied and studied and studied and are super unhappy, super stressed, stressing about exams, stressing about the future, stressing about, oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? And you're like 18. It's like, wow, you have your whole life to figure that out. Literally, you don't have to figure it out right now. In fact, you shouldn't. You know, your, your teens are for having fun. Your 20s are for developing further. Your 30s are kind of like, okay, I see what's happening here. Your 40s are like, oh, well, I'm in, I'm in a groove. I'm in a groove. Your 50s is like, wow, okay, I've been doing this for a while. And your 60s is like, wow, life is fucking good. Natural progression of society now but if we raise our kids in a different space to not conform they don't have to live in in the shadow of their parents or if I, I, I i'm talking about myself too or to someone else's ideals intelligence is not something that is acquired it is inbuilt it is inborn it is intrinsic to life itself not only children are intelligent animals are intelligent in their own way trees are intelligent in their own way of course they all have different kinds of intelligences because their needs differ but now it is an established fact that all that lives is intelligent. Life cannot be without intelligence. To be alive and to be intelligent are synonymous. But man is in a dilemma for the simple reason that he is not only intelligent, he is also aware of his intelligence. That is something unique about man, his privilege, his prerogative, his glory. But it can turn very easily into his agony. Man is conscious that he is intelligent and that consciousness brings its own problems. The first problem is it creates ego insanely true we are aware of our intelligence which becomes a problem intelligence is inbuilt it's a natural condition of your, your your humanness your spiritualness it's when it becomes instead of it becoming intelligence within inside yourself and understanding that you are a powerful being and then it becomes something 
external. I'm smarter than somebody else. Then it becomes the egoness of intelligence. And I think once you bring meditation into it, once you bring awareness into it, the ego subsides because you see the ego for what it is. You see that it's not, it's, it, it can be a negative connotation, but I think ego can also be used to your advantage. If you know how to use it, I, I guess it's, especially works for competitions and, and, um, you know, wanting to be the best there is, which can also be an inspirational thing. But if you don't have an ego, you don't want to be the best. You want to be the best within yourself, but then you don't want to compete with anybody else because there's enough for everybody. The ego does not exist anywhere except in human beings. And ego starts growing as the child grows. The parents, the schools, colleges, universities, they all help strengthen the ego for the simple reason that for centuries man had struggled to survive. And the idea has become a fixation, a deep unconscious conditioning that only strong egos can survive in the struggle of life. Life has become just a struggle to survive. And scientists have made it even more convincing with the theory of the survival of the fittest. So we help every child to become more and more strong in the ego. And it is there that the problem arises. So we have to understand that we don't live in the times of survival of the fittest anymore. We have technology, we have all this other, other stuff, uh, you know, electricity and fire and water and heat and all this type of stuff. We are not in survival mode. But the same intrinsic conditionings that have gone on for generations and generations and passed down and passed down and passed down is how we live as human beings. We do no longer need the ego to survive. We no longer need the ego at all. It's that inner voice of egoness that is almost like a weight weighing you down. And it's time to release it. And, you know, my previous podcast on You Are Not Your Mind and all these type of things, they all, they, they all are, are helping mechanisms to... to, to disband the ego to see through the ego and past the ego within yourself and this is why for centuries the same thing's been on going on and gone it's just a repeated cycle because we don't break the cycle and how do we break the cycle through our children or through any children 